to the 444th episode of Travelit Radio. I'm your host, Dan Schlossberg, along with my friend and co-host, Mary Ellen Nugent Lee, and this is the 11th season of Travelit Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travelit Radio. And tonight, we are very pleased to present Joe Lopez, of the Richard Nixon Presidential Library and Museum. Welcome, Joe, to Travelitch Radio. Dan and Mary Ellen, it's great to be with you tonight. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you. And Now, Richard Nixon was certainly one of the most controversial presidents in American history, but also one of the most accomplished. So does the library and museum tell the whole story? Yeah, i got to tell you, you know, you and you know this and your visitors know this but Richard Nixon is endlessly fascinating. Uh there's still mm-hmm. countless books written about him, uh movies and TV series made uh even to this day 50 years after he was president. Uh and here at the Nixon Library and Museum it's all here, the full story. You know, most people don't realize that Richard Nixon was first elected to Congress in 1946. Uh he dies in 1994. That's a 48 year career of public life Uh, and it's all here it's all here at the nixon library Uh, the home where he was born uh and raised is here on site and his final resting place is here so the full arc of his life is here and everything in between it's really a great experience for visitors and i think every american should visit Hmm. where's the library located and when did it open yeah the library is located in orange county California, Southern California, um, and uh, Richard Nixon is still, to this day, the only president that we've had that was born and raised in California. So we're we're right here in Orange County, just 15 minutes from Disneyland, which your visitors would all know. Um, and, and the reason we're here is because this is where Richard Nixon was born. And this is the 50th anniversary of Nixon's visit to China. I remember it being a very big surprise, especially since Nixon was a Republican who often expressed a tough stance toward China. Oh, yeah. It's a major anniversary. Uh, you, you know, the Richard Nixon's visit to China opened China to the rest of the world. It's hard to believe that when uh, before Nixon went, we had 25 years where there was no communication at all between the United States and China. That's unheard of today when you think about all of the trade and commerce and everything that happens between our two countries. So him going to China really, uh, you know, he called it the week that changed the world. Uh, And Mm -hmm. it was. I mean, that trip absolutely changed the world. And uh, this month, February of 2022, is the 50th anniversary of that visit. So it's a a major uh, milestone and anniversary in uh, Nixon history. Is the museum doing anything special to commemorate that anniversary? Yeah, we actually have uh, several events uh, happening and and going on throughout the the year, Uh, not only here at the library, but also in Washington, D.C. We're planning a major um, policy conference later on this year in the fall. But for the uh, anniversary itself, uh, later this month in February, 
we're going to gather up um, a lot of local community leaders, um, prominent Chinese Americans who benefited from this trip 50 years ago, and just have a celebration here at the library. We've got an exact replica of the White House East Room, and uh, we throw a pretty good party in, in that uh, in that room. So we're going to have um, some some dignitaries visit and some great speakers, and just help kick off this 50th anniversary uh, commemoration. And Joe, speaking of foreign affairs, how does the museum cover the Vietnam War? I recall Nixon campaigning for president in 1968 by saying he had a secret plan to end the war, but not actually ending it until he was campaigning for a second term in 1972. Yeah, you know, as as you know, Dan, Richard Nixon won the presidency in 1968, one of the most uh, tumultuous years in American history. Uh, mm-hmm. At that time, the Vietnam War uh, had escalated dramatically. Um, Dr. L- Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. There were riots and bombings in major cities all across the country. You look at that year and you wonder who would want to be, be president uh, at this <laughs> yeah. time. And it's, it's, it's Richard Nixon who's elected in November of that year. And, and Vietnam, of course, was the first major issue he had to confront. Um, there were 550,000 Americans in Vietnam when he took office. And, and you're right in that it did take um, four or five years to, to effectively end the war. And that's all covered here. We've got a, a, a great uh, gallery and exhibit dedicated to the Vietnam War, which details all of that and uh, some really amazing artifacts to go along with it. We're talking with Joe Lopez of the Richard Nixon Presidential Library and Museum. Joe, though he served only six years, Nixon presided over peace with the Soviet Union. He helped Israel during the Yom Kippur War of 1973 and generally had a positive influence on foreign relations, except, as you were saying, maybe it's possibly with Vietnam. Do, do you agree? Well, you know, yeah, many many historians agree that Richard Nixon was one of the best presidents in regards to foreign affairs that we've ever had. I mean, we mm-hmm. talked about the, the groundbreaking trip to China. Um, he negotiated the first arms control agreement with the Soviet Union at the height of the Cold mm-hmm. War. Uh, in, uh, in 1973, he sent a massive airlift to Israel that effectively – uh, saved the state of Israel during the Yom Kippur War of 1973. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his his uh, achievements in foreign relations were were impressive and and historic. And you know, one neat thing about the library is, you know, many people know that that, that there was an uh, Oval Office taping system in the White House, um, and and that's primarily known for Watergate and history, but. Watergate makes up just a small percentage of those conversations. You can actually hear conversations between uh, Nixon and Dr. Kissinger planning the trip to China and how is this all going to shake out. You can hear Nixon talk to foreign leaders on the tapes. So, you know, the tapes are a great historical resource, and we sort of play some of the greatest hits as part of the museum. (laughs) Visitors can actually come in and listen to the tapes and hear uh, Nixon and Kissinger have these conversations. It, it's it's quite an experience. Mm-hmm. Well, again, be, with those tapes, Nixon is remembered for Watergate, and that's what eventually forced him to resign before being impeached and removed. How thoroughly does the museum cover the Watergate story? Yeah, the, you know, the Watergate scandal is part of the record here. It's covered uh, in the context of his entire life and career. 
and covered just as well as any other parts of his life were. Uh, it's actually one of the largest galleries here at the museum dedicated oh. to one single subject. Uh, so there's a lot of information on the Watergate uh, scandal and a whole gallery dedicated to it where you can go through the timeline and, and uh, same thing, listen to tapes and uh, learn why uh, the Watergate scandal uh, was such a you know historic moment that we're still talking about and still writing books about and listening to podcasts about 50 years later. Mm-hmm. I, I remember Nixon as being quite a versatile guy an accomplished piano player, a huge baseball fan who probably would have made a great commissioner of baseball, and also a politician whose resume included terms as a senator, vice president, presidential candidate defeated by John F. Kennedy, and would-be governor of California. Can all of that be found in the museum? Yeah, Dan. Believe it or not, it's all here, and it's all in the museum. Um, the uh, you're right in that Nixon was a versatile guy. He he was a musician. He played five instruments. We have oh. five of those instruments on display where you can see you can see the piano where he learned how to play piano as a young boy. It's it's on display in the birthplace house here at the museum. Uh, he was a huge baseball fan. He and his his um, son-in-law David Eisenhower. In uh, in 1970 or, or 71, they put out their list of all-time baseball greats. Um, I, I mean, to, for the president to do that, you know, 50 years ago was was uh, you know it showed that he was uh, was one of us was was an everyday yeah. American. He loved even as president, he he loved going to baseball games and football games, and uh, he had some of the some of the top. Uh, musicians of the time perform in the White House. Frank Sinatra performed in the White House during the Nixon administration. Uh, Johnny Cash, among others. So, uh, you know, you think about all of the great pop culture and American history that happened during the Nixon years. He was right there through all of it. And we we do a good job of um, taking visitors through that time in history here at the Nixon Library. Joe, is it true that the museum has nearly two dozen spaces they use multimedia and interactive technologies, plus nearly a dozen films and videos. Yeah, you're right, Dan. Uh, the the Nixon Library, although it's 32 years old, went through a major renovation just five years ago. Uh, we went through a $15 million renovation, and it really is a first-class, state-of-the-art um, presentation and museum. And and part of the reason why is is we. We have these amazing um, film segments. I think our orientation visitor film is the best out of any museum I've ever been to. It, it's just phenomenal. Um, but also we have touch screens throughout the museum where you can uh, pull up a map of the world and, and see where Richard Nixon visited uh, all over the world during his life and career. I mentioned the tapes. You can go up to a station and, and listen to uh, White House tapes. Um, Nixon was famous for his his yellow pads and making these notes on yellow pads where he would write speeches and prepare for um, prepare for visits with world leaders. You could actually walk up to a kiosk and pull up those yellow pads electronically and read through his own personal notes. So you know we've got we've got uh, technology here that that. Uh, other museums don't have and other presidential libraries don't have. I think it's one of the best presentations you'll see at any museum. I want to tell our listeners, you're listening to Travel It Radio with Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee. We're on iTunes, blogtalkradio.com, and Facebook. 
check out the archive show at your convenience. And we're talking tonight with Joe Lopez of the Richard Nixon Presidential Library and Museum. Now, Joe, you were saying about those yellow pads, but I hear you also have quite a collection of artifacts, including Nixon's helicopter, Air Force One, and even a replica of the Oval Office. What particularly should visitors look for? Yeah, you know, we've talked a little bit about the about the museum galleries itself, but our artifacts are are incredible. I mean, uh, here on site we have the Marine One helicopter that uh, flew four presidents. Uh, JFK, Lyndon Johnson, uh, Richard Nixon, and Gerald Ford. And this is actually the, the exact helicopter that um, that picked up Richard Nixon his last day in office. So that famous photo where he's leaving the White House on, on Marine One, that helicopter mm-hmm. is here at the Nixon Library, and visitors can walk through it and, and tour that. Um, we do have an, an exact replica of uh, Richard Nixon's Oval Office, so visitors can go in and uh, sit behind the president's desk and, and, and get a feel for what the Oval Office looks like. Not many Americans get to walk through the Oval Office, but you get to do it here at the Nixon Library. And probably our, our most important artifact is the home where, where Richard Nixon was born. Uh, that house is here at the Nixon Library. It's the original location. It was built here by Richard Nixon's father in 1912, and Richard Nixon was born in that house uh, a year later, in 1913, the house was built from a kit, and it's it's probably uh, you know close to four million visitors have walked through that home in the 30 years uh, that it's been part of the Nixon Library here. So uh, you know it's it's an amazing artifact, and you know how often do you get to see uh, uh, inside the home where a future president was born? It's not it's not often you get to do that. So it's all part of the experience here at the Nixon Library. Mm. So let's see now. If we do museum by the numbers, aren't we talking 11 films, 30 multimedia experiences, 70 exhibits, 300 artifacts, 600 photographs, and 8,000 square feet of wall murals? Did, I, did we do that right? Yeah, that, <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's amazing to think that, that that's all on display here at the Nixon Library, but but it is, you know, we've got amazing artifacts and visual elements that tell the story of uh, of President Nixon. In addition to all that, you know, uh, I talked about the uh, the Oval Office and the the President's birthplace, um, but but our gardens are, are incredible too. We have some of the most beautiful rose gardens that you'll find in Southern California. Um, and you know, I don't know how many thousands of rose bushes we have out there, but but they're they're absolutely beautiful, and we have you know roses that are dedicated to all the all the recent first ladies. Most of the first ladies have roses that are dedicated to them. We have those here as part of our rose garden here at the Nixon Library. And another uh, visitor favorite is we have an exact replica of the White House East Room, the largest room in the White House with the big, beautiful chandeliers. Um, and, and you see, you know, um, President Biden does, does a lot of his press events and, um, and speeches from the East Room, and you see it on TV all the time. And we have an exact replica here at the Nixon Library. And it's it's really stunning. It really uh, when visitors walk through there, it sort, sort of takes their breath away because they're not they're not really expecting to see, um, you know, a piece of the White House here at the library. But it's here in Southern California. Sure. Wow. And if we keep 
going by the numbers, in the library area, don't we have 4,000 videos, 4,500 audio recordings, which you were talking about, not just Watergate, 35,000 state and public gifts, 300,000 still photographs, 2 million feet of film, and 46 million pages of documents. Yes, yeah, that's no? all, that's all right. I mean, um, the uh, the Nixon Library has one of the most expansive archives of any of the presidential libraries. Oh, I mean, okay. it's hard to imagine what what forty six million documents look like, um, <laughs> but they're here. They're here at the Nixon Library in New Orleans. All of the presidential materials, pre presidential, post presidential materials, they're, they're all here, and uh, our research room, uh, which is you know the library sort of side of the library um so it's a museum and a library it's it's a museum where where everyday americans can come in and walk through and see artifacts and learn about history but it's also a research center and that's where the Mm. library comes in so you know authors scholars students are here at the nixon library pouring through the archives pouring through these firsthand documents um to to write about uh the nixon era and 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 president nixon and, and help shape shape our history. Uh, so in our, our research room is one of the busiest of any of the presidential libraries, believe it or not, um, because, because the archive is so, is so vast. And, and it's still being processed to this day. 50 years later, we're still opening new collections. We're still declassifying documents and making documents available for the American public. So it really is a place of, uh, of living history, you can say. Mm-hmm. And Joe, does the checker speech fit in somewhere, or are we barking up the wrong tree? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, one of my favorite stories uh, and, and pieces of the Nixon history is, is the checker speech. And uh, and yes, visitors can watch the checker speech. And for your listeners that, that don't know about the story, uh, it goes back <laughs> to, uh, and I'll just tell it quickly here, it goes back to Richard Nixon's um, run as Dwight Eisenhower's vice president. So he was on the um, ticket with uh, with Eisenhower as, as his vice president uh, running in 1952. And he was on the campaign trail here in California. And there was a story that ran in the New York Post that alleged that Nixon had a secret trust fund for lavish expenses. Um, and, you know, for a few days, the Nixon campaign sort of uh, just monitored it and, and saw how it all uh was playing out, and it really started to um, to pick up steam. And of course, the story um, you know wasn't true. It was a campaign fund. That's true, but it was used to pay for postage and printing and travel and those sorts of things. wasn't illegal, but um, very much e- it was very much legal and, and for campaign expenses. But uh, it really picked up steam around the country. And so, uh, and there were actually rumors that Eisenhower might drop Nixon from the ticket altogether. So what Nixon did was really unprecedented at the time. He went on national television right there with Mrs. Nixon sitting next to him, and he laid out all of his finances. First time a politician had done this. He talked about everything he had earned, um, everything that they owned at the time, all of their debt, everything they they owed, um, he and Mrs. Nixon, and laid it all out uh, on national television. And the reason it's called the checker speech is because at the end of the address, he says defiantly that, you know, he and his family did receive a gift. They received a Cocker Spaniel dog from yes. a man in Texas, and they named the dog Checkers 
and that is one gift that they're not going to give back. Uh, so that's why it was always known as, uh, and you know, forever known in history as the Checker speech. And of course, the the speech was a huge success. Uh, Eisenhower kept Nixon on the ticket, and uh, you know, there are telegrams from all over the country pouring into the Republican National Committee that they got to keep Nixon on the ticket. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we do a great job of telling that story here at the Nixon Library. We show the map of where Nixon was when he heard the news, and you can watch the uh, the speech on television and then actually at the end of the speech you can you can send a telegram <laughs> uh <laughs> saying whether Nixon should stay on or get off the ticket uh to kind of you know play on play on that history but it, it's a great story and uh, it's all part of part of the museum here and part of our our great immersive exhibits Sweet. talking with Joe Lopez of the Richard Nixon Presidential Library and Museum Joe the notorious White House tapes that destroyed Nixon's presidency had an 18-and-a-half-minute gap indicating something was intentionally deleted. Is that shown and explained in the museum? Yeah, you know, we've talked about the tapes uh, a little bit here already, and the, uh, the you know, infamous 18-and-a-half-minute uh, gap tape uh, is here and can be listened to by visitors in, in the Watergate Gallery. And it's also explained um, as to why it was significant, and you know we have that famous photo of Rosemary Woods um, stretching there. Um, but but yeah, the tapes are are explained here and why they they were important as far as you know the Watergate scandal and, and the end of the Nixon presidency. Um, but also, you know, we explained that Nixon wasn't the first president to to have tapes. That presidential mm-hmm. taping actually went all the way back to FDR. Um, but of course, Nixon has the most, you know, White House tapes—3,600 hours of tapes, as, as, I, as I mentioned earlier—and just, just a small percentage, five or ten percent, are on Watergate. So you think about that other 90 percent on every other topic that, that Nixon was discussed. It's a great historical resource. Mm-hmm. So some of the staff who surrounded Nixon were also larger than life, as Nixon was himself. We're talking Henry Kissinger, H.R. Haldeman, John Ehrlichman, among others. Are their roles included in the museum too? Yeah, they are. I mean, you know, it's it's amazing that those names of of the the those who worked for Richard Nixon are still almost household names to this day. Henry Kissinger is still alive, ninety eight years old. He's still with us, and uh, and those are those they're all talked about in the museum and and, and explained as, as their role in in part of this history. Um, but, you know, the Nixon Library also introduces visitors to several larger-than-life world leaders. Uh, Winston Churchill and Charles de Gaulle uh, mm-hmm. were, were leaders who Nixon looked up to, and he actually um, got to know and work with in his time as, as vice president and president. So those are leaders that we, we introduce the visitor to. Uh, Golda Meir uh, and Anwar Sadat, uh, these were, were contemporaries of, of President Nixon when he was in office. Those are two other world leaders that we introduce visitors to. So you get to learn um, a lot about the important people uh, of the of the 20th century uh, here at the Nixon Library as well. Because I mentioned Nixon's you know 50 year career in public life, he he worked with and touched so many important figures throughout uh, throughout this history. Now, Joe, you mentioned that the library opened in 1990, but Nixon died in 1994. Did he have some kind of role in creating the museum? And did he and his family cooperate, and did they, or did they try to keep some information classified? Yeah, you know, uh, both President and Mrs. Nixon uh, were, were very involved here 
in the original design of the Nixon Library, which is now 32 years old. Um, what's notable about our library, it was actually built and operated um, co completely privately funded um, when it opened in 1990. Uh, 17 years later is when the National Archives came in and the, the Nixon Foundation and the archives came together to bring all the presidential papers here to the Nixon Library. But when it opened in 1990, it was a, it was a private library. And it, uh, it's amazing. Opening day, we had four presidents and four first ladies uh, here in Orange County at the opening of the Nixon Library. And that kind of gathering of presidents drew about 50,000 people to the opening here 32 years ago. It's still one of the most historic days in Orange County. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, in the early 90s, uh, President Nixon visited a handful of times, always greeted um, you know, with with huge crowds here at the Nixon Library, and uh, and his his uh, one of his last visits here was actually for the for the funeral of his wife, uh, First Lady Pat Nixon. Oh. She was buried here, and then uh, and then just a year later, the president passed away, and and he was buried here as well. Mm. And uh, and at his funeral was, you know, we had five presidents and five first ladies that were here at the Nixon Library. I think it was the first time five living presidents had been together in one place. Mm. So, uh, you know, there's so much history here in itself in, in, in the Nixon Library. We're talking with Joe Lopez of the Richard Nixon Presidential Library and Museum. And, Joe, I, I, on a completely different Nixon was pretty good at making fun of himself. I recall from Rowan and Martin's Laugh and among other shows. Do you cover Nixon in popular culture at the time? Oh yes, we've got a whole gallery on Nixon in pop culture. And uh, you know, your listeners might not know this, but Elvis, Pre Elvis Presley actually paid a visit to the White House uh, when Nixon was in office. He showed up unannounced at the White House gates. And believe, believe it or not, uh, the White House staff got him on the president's schedule for a meeting in the Oval Office that day. Uh, nobody knew about the meeting. It wasn't uh, publicly reported on or anything, but there was a photographer in the room, and he took pictures of President Nixon and Elvis Presley meeting in the Oval Office. And those pictures are the most requested photos in the entire U.S. National Archive. Uh, they're amazing photos, and uh, of course, you know, you can find them on all kinds of merchandise here in our gift shop. It's uh, People just love that photo of, of Nixon and Elvis in the Oval Office. Oh, I'll bet. Okay, we're winding down time-wise. We could talk all night about this. This is great. You know, Joe, I'm a big fan of presidential museums and have been to Kennedy's, Truman's, Clinton's, and Reagan's. Am I correct in stating that the Nixon Presidential Library and Museum is one of more than a dozen administered by the National Archives and Records Administration's Office of Presidential Libraries in College Park, Maryland? Yes, you're correct. We're part of the uh, presidential library system, uh, 13 presidential libraries. And a good tip for your listeners is that if you're a paying member at one presidential library, you can get into any other presidential library for free. So if you're a member here at the Nixon Library, you can go visit the, Nixon, the Reagan Library, you can visit the Truman Library, you can visit the Kennedy Library for free. So it's a great tip for your visitors if they want to hit multiple presidential libraries. Hmm. How much time should it take for a visitor to get the most out of the Nixon Museum? You know, we recommend uh, at least two hours uh, to go through the library. But uh, for you, Dan, you might take, you might take the whole day, uh, knowing you and how much you're into this history. <laughs> 
<laughs> and are, are there tours led by docents or self-guided walking tours or virtual tours available? Yes. Uh, so so some, of, some areas of the library, like the birthplace home, we have docents there at all times, and they give a little a little uh, guided tour of the of the home itself. Same thing with the helicopter. We give you a docent guided tour of the helicopter, but most of the library and museum is self guided, so you get to go at your own pace. Uh, but we do offer private tours for groups of fifteen or more. Hmm. Okay, We're talking I've got to ask you, Joe, Lopez. how do travel listeners get learn more about the Nixon Presidential Library? Is there a website? Yeah, uh, the best place is nixonlibrary.com, and nixonlibrary.com. And I would also encourage uh, visitors check out uh, our reviews on TripAdvisor and Yelp and see what other visitors have had to say about their time at the Nixon Library. Our special guest tonight has been Joe Lopez of the Nixon Presidential Library. Thank you for being our guest on Travel Itch Radio. That's it for this edition of Travel Itch. Next week, same time, same station, same writer, same announcers. We'll head south to Atlanta home of the world champion Atlanta Braves, with special guest Travis Curry of the CBB. Now, this is Dan Schlossberg, along with my beautiful and talented co-host, Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee, saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night and stay safe.